Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Uh, Normally, you would hear the Trivia Friday introduction there, and we would begin doing some learning and having some fun, but uh, today is not the day for that, uh, given what happened yesterday uh, in Afghanistan, in Afghanistan, and so... Ed Battagliano is with me, Tim Wildman. Good morning, Ed. Hey, good morning, Tim. And Fred, good morning to you, Fred good morning, Jackson. Tim. So we made the decision uh, not to have the trivia program, Ed, because we felt it was inappropriate given the uh, tragedy that happened yesterday. Yeah, it, I mean, it's just a, it's a difficult thing. And, of course, we're, we're cognizant of the fact that we do have a schedule of programming that we try to uh, keep to so that our listeners can rely on what programs are going to be on when at certain times of the day. But we also understand that uh, there are times when uh, our programming has to change, and this is one of those times. And and to be perfectly honest, not only did we feel like it would be inappropriate for us to right. be joking around, but uh, we just didn't have the heart for it either. Yeah. I mean, it's just a terrible tragedy. You, you been, and I were texting last night. Yeah. And, you know, we just didn't – well, yesterday afternoon just didn't feel like – it didn't feel like laughing today, right? You know, it's uh, Fred's. Uh, that happens uh, from time to time, especially a a, a uh, situation that affects our country in such a profound way with the loss of life of our American servicemen yesterday. Absolutely, uh, thirteen American service people died yesterday. Uh, more than ninety-five Afghans who have been supporting the United States. And, and the reality is our, our guys and our women who are there at the Kabul airport are still in danger. And that is because President Biden has said August 31st, next Tuesday, as the day when they'll pull out. They say they're still trying to encourage Americans to come to the airport to evacuate. But imagine the situation now. It's, it's been really, really bad up to now. But imagine the situation now in Less than 24 hours ago, you had two suicide bombers kind of blend in with the Taliban who are surrounding the airport, supposedly supplying security checks for people going into the airport. Those suicide bombers, one along that uh, close perimeter to the wall, another one at a hotel where people were told to go and wait. These suicide bombers blow themselves up killing many, many people. There is nothing to stop these ISIS terrorists from trying to do the same thing again. The situation has not changed. There's no greater, more security today than there was yesterday. According to the president, they're still trying to get Americans out. So it is even more tense there today, and it will remain that way as long as this particular operation continues, which, as we say, the president is still saying they're going to be out of there by Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. What we're going to do uh, the last hour of the program, as you know, this is a 90-minute show. So at the bottom of the hour, uh, we will start taking phone calls. And 
we would ask, we're asking in particular for uh, people who've served in Afghanistan to give us a call and, and or families. Uh, if you have a family member who ser- served in Afghanistan, you have something you want to say or an observation or, or a story uh, maybe. So I'm going to give the phone number right now, and but uh, for those people, the ones I just mentioned to, to call, uh, you can call, you can wait if you want to, or whatever. We're not going to take calls until the after the break at the bottom of the hour. But here's the phone number to reach us here: eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero. You can call now. Cindy will answer the phone and uh, put you on the wait, but. Uh, uh, eight eight. Here's the phone number again: eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero. We really wanted to hear from folks who have firsthand experience in the Afghanistan situation, Ed. Yeah, that's what we thought about ways that we could uh, reach out to people and have them reach out and 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 say what is on their hearts and their minds. A lot of frustration with the Biden administration. We will get to some of that before we start taking calls, but there's a lot of frustration and people who, uh, have served. And I mean, we're talking about 20 year period. So there are going to be people who who we assume will call in who served 10 years ago or 15 years ago. We want to know what they think about what's happening and what has happened and what the Biden administration is doing, but also family members who might want to say, listen, I'm glad for the opportunity to say something. And this is what I want to say. Fred, uh, maybe it's too early, but there has been any discussion about when the uh, bodies of the uh, we lost was it twelve Marines and one Army? I the, and one what airman. I heard this morning was was ten Marines, two Army soldiers, and one Navy medic. Is, yes, is what I've what that's I've true. Heard. Is it a Navy corpsman? Um, I wondered yesterday how this could have happened. Not not the suicide bombing because you know it's hard to that's hard to prevent. Uh, very difficult to prevent, especially when you're talking about there are hordes of people and they all look alike and they all dress alike for the most part. Uh my my question was um how, how exposed were our servicemen to an attack like this? And then I saw a photograph. Now, it was just one photograph on the Daily Mail, which is a British uh, news service. So, but they showed uh, our Marines, at least five or six of them, standing on a wall uh, prior to the bombing, obviously, looking out, uh, looking out over a the crowd and they were standing there, you know, fully exposed. Uh, and we've seen pictures of our Marines handing out food and water and so forth to children. You've seen those pictures. So, uh, that, that, that may explain why they, why so many of them were killed in such an instant, uh, with an attack like that. So, well, it's, it's, it's not a secure area. This is not the way we've operated in Afghanistan over the last 20 years or when we were in Iraq, 
you know, the, the U.S. military has done a great job. Our, you know, we, we want our listeners to understand we still have full faith in the U.S. military to do what they are called to do, but you've got to let them operate in the way they've been trained to operate. So you remember, we've all been, we've all seen over the last two decades, you know, the scenes of these barriers and these checkpoints, you don't have access to U.S. military, members of the U.S. military when they're on their bases and in their bases, uh, even if you're a suicide bomber, because they keep it secure and they have ways of trying to determine whether somebody is a threat. You just don't have access unless the military is going out on missions. And we, we all know how you know, people were tragically, you know, killed and maimed by these um, improvised exploding devices, the IEDs. But this situation where we've got no air cover, we have no way really of, blo- of securing the airport area. The Taliban has been in charge of security. And my understanding is this, uh, uh, is Islamic State faction ISK has been at odds with the Taliban, their enemies, because the Taliban's not conservative enough, not right. extreme enough for these guys. So they don't know who the the people are either. And so it seems to me that the military has been kind of left out by those in charge and given an impossible mission to protect themselves and the people. Or at, at the airport. I watched the I watched the press conference yesterday at the Pentagon, in which uh, the General Kenneth McKenzie, who is a CENTCOM, is that that's short for Central Command, right? Yes, yes. Uh, he's in charge. He oversees that. So, trying to think of the chain of command, it would be I guess the President and then the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Secretary of Defense, Miley. And, and, and Secretary Miley. of Defense, and then uh, General McKenzie, I guess the CENTCOM would be right in there. Uh, but he was, uh, he was, it was, it was kind of surreal watching him talk about the relationship between our military and the Taliban, mm. because he was talking about how we were relying on them, the Taliban. Yes. For security, yes, like you were talking about, Ed, and I, I don't. It was just like I said, surreal or weird to hear that coming out of. Uh, but maybe, I don't know. That, that was just my reaction, Fred. Well, uh, it is surreal. The Taliban is a terrorist group. They're in charge of the perimeter of this airport, which is one of the criticisms that we we shut down Bagram. The airbase, right, which had which was fortified, and went over to this what is a civilian airport, and we decided to operate. There's several there. million people in the, right next door. Yes, to this, it's, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. No, and now to your point, Tim, what a lot of people can't believe is, and President Biden confirmed this yesterday. He was talking about okay, when we leave. On August 31st, next Tuesday, then what? About the Americans that are, haven't been able to get to the airport, to other Afghans who have helped us, what happens to them? And he confirmed the report, the president did, well, we've given their names to the Taliban. 
And people are, are just shaking. You, you've given the names of Americans still in Afghanistan to the Taliban, and you're trusting them to somehow help you go in and get them at some later date. Now, this is what the president said yesterday. Pete Hegseth is a veteran. He appears on, on Fox on various programs. He said what, what the president has done is give the Taliban a kill list. Uh, have a listen to what he had to say. Cut seven. We've created a kill list for the Taliban and right. handed it to them. At Taliban and Al-Qaeda, knowing who Kakani is as the number two, they are, they are hand in glove. That's who they are. They will not only kill anyone who didn't get through, but they will kill their families, and they will, they will interrogate people they find on the list to find out about other people. Right. This is on top of the data we know they already have, not to mention all the weapons they have and everything else. That list, that admission from the administration, and that entire speech the president gave last night, were nothing but uh, a demonstration of how completely and 100% hostage the Americans, how, how hostage Joe Biden is to the Taliban. Completely. There's not a single thing we can do or will do or will say that isn't without the permission of the Taliban right now. Right. Even when he said, we'll, we'll find you and, and, and make you pay. How? You. When? Who? Certainly not now. Yeah. Not until we tuck tail and get out of that airport. Because one missile, one rocket, all the, all the weapons they have confiscated from us into that airfield stops the evacuation. Sure. You, and you thought yesterday was bad. And my God. God bless the souls of these 10 Marines and two soldiers and one sailor and their families and, and, and the units that are there. I, I, it hit all of you like it hit me. But it could get worse. Let's pray it does not. And when you watch the way that Joe Biden conducted himself yesterday, there's not a single person on the planet that has confidence that he would do what's necessary other than continue to cut deals with the Taliban. Get out, get out, get out with the Taliban. Right. That's what we're stuck with. You sure can hear his frustration as a veteran. And has an observer yeah. what is going on. You well, know, you know one, one other observation, and Ed, you can comment. By the way, you're listening to uh, today's issues. We normally have Trivia Friday uh, on, uh, on Fridays, but we're not going to do that today because of what happened in Afghanistan yesterday, uh, the loss of 13, 13 American servicemen uh, there in Afghanistan tragedy it's a tragedy it's very sad our hearts are broken for the families uh that the bodies will be well it was a bombing so i don't know how that all worked but the, the remains i should say maybe of the uh will be will be coming home i assume uh by the way there, are, there were more wounded yeah, uh, how many were wounded? How many Americans were wounded? We haven't, I haven't seen a, an exact figure. They are already back in the United States. They were flown out yesterday. They are back in the United States for treatment. How many Afghanis were killed? Uh, 95 is what I heard this morning. I'm sure uh, the number is going to be going up. Remember, when, when I first heard about this, it was four members of the military. The number went up. So uh, in terms of the Afghans, who were killed and wounded? I'm sure that number might increase as well. You know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I've, you know, I've, I'm 58. I'm seeing like you guys. You guys are older than me, but uh, I've seen a lot of news uh, in my life that are, and we all have those moments of of history that are, you know, indelibly etched in our consciousness or our brains. But I can't think of any more, uh, I can't think of a, uh, 
any more of if they think of 9-11 and and what happened that day but the the images yesterday from from that were were just it was like i was looking at hell i mean you had and uh, we have children listening right now i know that this is gonna so i want to warn you what i'm about to say but to see those people uh lying in the basically like sewage and they're 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 screaming and crying and desperate they're trying to take people to a hospital that that i would even take my dog to taking them in wheelbarrows looked, i don't know if you saw those pictures yeah wheelbarrows putting them in wheelbarrows where wheelbarrows it was just i guess it was just like uh, i'll never forget these images uh that i'm seeing here uh and i thought and that that doesn't include the images behind the the wall that uh, would involve our servicemen and women, you know, you know, all of them had to see what happened there, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, I, at least see from a distance what happened there, mm-hmm. and then they've got to carry on, right, with their mission, uh, having having watched their their friends and their fellow servicemen uh, perish in such a terrible way. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I I, I don't. Uh... I, I don't know what that is like. I've never served in the military. That's why we are going to, at the bottom of the hour, open it up to hear from people, maybe even those who have served in Afghanistan uh, or in Iraq and you know other places in, in the Middle East. We've had members of the military in Kuwait and other things like that. But um, this, is, uh, this is not a – I've been doing a lot of reading, like a lot of people, about this ISK, which is, uh, again, a – uh, conservative. ISIS-K? Well, it's, uh, yeah, ISIS is called sometimes just the Islamic State, so that's why it's called ISK or ISIS-K. I mean, okay. gotcha. all, there's different different names. Sometimes it, it's called ISIL, and we all remember that from when they declared themselves a caliphate, you know, over the entire world. But um, this is a relatively small group of people. They were like 3,000 people at their height. And they've been degraded by the U.S. and other, you know, coalition forces. But it doesn't take many in a situation like, uh, uh, you know, Afghanistan uh, to uh, do harm. And my understanding when doing some reading is that they have been blamed for some of the worst atrocities committed in the name of Islam. Okay, again, we stress that not everyone who is a Muslim does, does these kinds of things. But they have targeted girls' schools, hospitals, and even a maternity ward where they reportedly shot dead shot dead pregnant women and nurses. So these this is demonic, this group. And they have they are absolutely savage. And they use situations like this where people are congregating to try to get out to uh, vent and, and, their And the suicide bombing is a religious Mm-hmm. Uh, teaching that they subscribe to, right? Correct. Yes, you're guaranteed paradise. Yeah, if you die, there's in- a strain of Islam that teaches that. Yes, yeah, that's jihad, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. So you wonder why in the world would somebody blow themselves up? Well, they think they're going straight to paradise. Correct. Right. You know. Uh, otherwise, they- Islam teaches you you don't know if you've been good enough to go to paradise. The only guarantee is if you die d- 
they're in an active jihad. Right. So this right. is one way for you to die in an act of jihad against. So, and we're not talking about the Taliban here. We're talking right. about ISIS, basically ISIS, what they call ISIS K. Um, Fred, what's uh, what? What the president yesterday? What, what were your thoughts on what he had to say? Well, I, I think the most interesting question came from Fox's Peter Ducey, who basically said, "Mr. President." Are you willing to take responsibility for what is going on? It was a very interesting moment. I want you to have a listen to it. Cut number three. Mr. President, there had not been a U.S. service member killed in combat in Afghanistan since February of 2020. You set a deadline. You pulled troops out. You sent troops back in. And now 12 Marines are dead. You said the buck stops with you. Do you bear any responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks. I bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened of late. But here's the deal. You know, as well as I do, that a former president made a deal with the Taliban that he would get all American forces out of Afghanistan by May 1. The reason why there were no attacks on Americans, as you said, from the date until I came into office was because the commitment was made by President Trump. I will be out by May 1st. In the meantime, you agree not to attack any Americans. That was the deal. That's why no American was attacked. You see what he did in the, his response? Yeah, I'm, I'm responsible, but. And then he said, I, I had to adhere to the deal that President Trump worked out. And everybody is saying, since when have you adhered to what President Trump did? He's reversed everything. President he's Trump. reversed everything that President Trump stood for. So now he's conveniently trying to say, I had no choice. My hands were tied. I had to do what President Trump got us in trouble with. I don't even understand his argument. I don't either. There. I mean, it's because confusing. Yeah, because he's saying the reason no one had been killed is because President Trump made a deal with the Taliban. Well, uh -huh. then. President Trump deserves kudos yes. for making sure that no Americans were attacked during the time we were preparing to withdraw. President Biden has also said he alone, you know, is the one who got us out of Afghanistan. He agreed with getting out. I don't know what the May 1 deadline has to do with the, the, the tragedy. People are criticizing the Biden administration because of the way he has worked the withdrawal. Yes. It's not right. whether we got out, it's how we got out. Mm -hmm. And him shutting I, I, my understanding is again, who knows what has gone on behind closed doors, but members of the military leadership did not want us to close all our military bases in, including Bagram and to uh to kind of reverse the process. You know, let's get people out who need to get out first, yes. including allies in the Afghan population, get American citizens out, people from uh, allied countries in Europe, get them out, then get the military out, and it's almost like Biden reversed it. Mm -hmm. The military's got to be out by August 31st, and then the rest of you shelter in place. We'll try to get you out. <laughs> and we'll give your name to the Taliban. And we'll give your name to the Taliban. That's why he's being criticized. Oh, yes.
All right, here's the phone number to reach us. Uh, we would invite you to call, especially we're asking those to call who've served in Afghanistan or you have family members who have served in Afghanistan or maybe a Gold Star uh, family. We, we welcome calls. At, here's the phone number, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We'll take calls for an hour after we return. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God. After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox. My hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news commentary next. As you plan your summer college visits, add Liberty University to the list. With many visiting options to choose from, you're sure to find the right one to fit your schedule. Spend a few hours exploring campus with our student-led team at Tour LU, dig deeper and learn more about life at Liberty during Experience LU, or take your next steps towards becoming a student at Decide LU. Learn more and register today by texting VISIT to 49596. Again, that's VISIT to 49596. See you this summer. A school administrator in Germantown, Tennessee, has been reassigned after she compared vaccine cards to the yellow stars Jews were forced to wear in Nazi Germany. Jana Makowitz was an assistant principal at Houston High School. She posted the provocative question on her personal Facebook page. What's the difference between vaccine papers and a yellow star? The answer, 82 years. The post allegedly triggered sensitive students. A petition drive was started, and that was the end of assistant principal Makowitz. It is an interesting question, though, especially when you consider that in modern-day America, the government is forcing the unvaccinated to wear monitoring devices and badges, and those without vaccine papers can't even eat inside a restaurant. They've dehumanized a segment of the population just like the Nazis did. How ironic that something like this happened on American soil in a place called Germantown. I'm Todd Starnes. But he saves the poor from the sword of their mouth and from the hand of the strong. So the helpless has hope and injustice has shut its mouth. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. 
Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Welcome back to today's issues on American Family Radio. As we've told you a couple of times, we're not doing Trivia Friday as we normally do on, uh, on Fridays because uh, we just don't feel like laughing today. It's, it's a very tragic uh, day. Our flag's flying at half-mast in front of our ministry here at AFR. And I know many of you are also flying flags at half-mast uh, where you work, churches or homes uh, in, in memory of in, and out of respect for the lives that were lost yesterday. Thirteen American servicemen, many others wounded. We don't know the status of those folks right now. And then, of course, we had nearly 100 Afghanis were killed. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take as many calls as we can between now and 1130 Central Time. And we're asking in particular people to call who served in Afghanistan or their, your family members have. But you got something you want to share or say about that experience or thoughts, whatever the case may be. Um, and certainly we ask people to pray. That go, almost goes without saying, right? With right. the Christian Radio Network, we ask people to pray. We ask people to pray for uh, our leaders. We're instructed to do that by the Bible, whether they're Democrat or Republican. So pray for our leaders. Uh, and also pray for uh, the families. Uh, uh, the families. Now, here you're going to play one one-minute clip from a gold star father yes correct and then we're going to go straight to nathaniel in north carolina and then we'll start taking calls yeah uh, craig uh, gross was on fox and friends this morning he is a gold star dad and he actually responded to what we were just talking about president biden's attempt to blame former president trump for what is going on so here's uh, gold star dad uh, craig My message to the President of the United States of America is this, Mr. President, I will continue to pray for you. I will continue to pray for your administration, that somehow you will find the wisdom from God to get us out of this horrific mess that, Mr. President, you have gotten us into. And please quit blaming this on the former President of the United States of America. You are culpable. You alone, the buck stops at your desk. And I would wish that you would quit blaming this on other people. Take the responsibility, quit passing the buck, and get on with your job and do what we hired you to do. We do not work for you, Mr. President. You work for us. And as Americans, we demand that justice be done and that the right thing be done. And we know what that is, and you know what it is. All right. All right. We go to North Carolina, and Nathaniel is on the line. Nathaniel, welcome to today's issues. What would you like to say? So I'm uh, pretty furious. I'm a, I'm a Green Beret. I've been uh, to Afghan, Afghanistan several times. I've been on that base, uh, that station on that base. Um, I feel like the CENTCOM commander should absolutely resign. I don't see any reason why uh, he would stay in off or stay in his position. If if he's a man of character, if he clearly told the president he thought he could do this job uh, the the way that it should be done, and either he failed to do that, in which case he should resign, or 
he uh, told the president that it couldn't be done. And then he's, he's demonstrated that. You're talking uh, about General McKenzie, right? Yeah, that, that's correct. Yeah, CENTCOM commander. Yeah, you know, I watched, uh, I watched, uh, Nathaniel, I watched his press conference yesterday. And it was the first time I'd ever watched this gentleman uh, speak publicly. And I, uh, you know, I'm sure he's a, a fine person. I'm not questioning his, uh, any, I don't know him, but he's risen to that level. However, I must tell you, uh, watching him yesterday, it just seemed like it was he was detached from the emotion of the moment. Now, I know generals don't probably express a lot of emotion necessarily. Uh, I didn't expect him to cry, but it was like he started out, we had lost 13 people, and the first thing he said was, well, it's been a hard day. And then he went right into, well, but it's not going to deter us from our mission. We're going to blah, 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 blah. I don't know. It just seemed like, uh, but you're that's not what you're necessarily talking about. You're talking about the the advice or the uh, the recommendations he would have he would have had to given the president that he was wrong about. Right, and I did watch his uh, brief as well. And to me, I wasn't really surprised by his uh, demeanor. The, I'm sure his staff wrote his brief for him. You know, he read it a few times. Uh, he was reading he was it. Delivery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was delivering it. Uh, so I'm not, to me, that's not surprising. That's a normal thing. Uh, but what was frustrating to me, his demeanor, you know, was a little bit off, but it, it could have been better. I agree. He, either way, whether he said we can do this or we can't do this, it's time for him to go. And to me, this is a demonstration. The, he's not going to, he's going to stay there. Yeah. And the, the, this is a demonstration of how the military is, is broken. Uh, that we can continually fail at the leadership level in the military and nobody suffers the consequences except the guys on the ground. These guys died because he can't do his job or he's following orders that he shouldn't be, or, you know, you have to follow orders. So he should resign out of principle in that case and, and make a statement that it's, that it's wrong. Hey, so, Nathaniel, but instead of that, yeah. go ahead. let me, let me ask you something since you've served in the military, because Tim and I were talking about this earlier before the show started. Neither of us have served in the military. Uh, what should a general do? Let's just give the CENTCOM commander, you know, uh, this general, the benefit, benefit of the doubt, General McKenzie, and let's say he did not agree with the way President Biden had told him to carry this out. What should what would normally happen under those circumstances? Does the general, President Biden's the commander in chief, does the general say yes, sir? I'll carry out your orders, or if he thinks this is not going to work and could be a disaster, do does he uh, does he quit? I mean, does he resign? What, what would be the normal way of handling an, an order that you didn't agree with? Well, I would say the normal way is for it to be like what what you're seeing play out, where uh, they, whether or not he disagreed, you know, the bad things happen. He's going to stay in place and continue to do, uh, continue the mission. Uh, the way that it, I, I feel he should, how it should happen is what, if he disagreed, he had to do it because it's orders, you know, you're in the military, you have yeah. to follow orders. But in this case, okay, these guys' lives are over. So he should take it upon himself. Like it's his responsibility. Yeah. 
he should resign. Absolutely, he yeah. should resign. And right. as a as, either as a statement of failure or as a statement of disagreement with what we're doing, because we're treating the they're saying it's ISIS. Okay, it's an idea. We're treating an, an idea as if it's an organization. You can't kill a, a, the head of an idea that doesn't exist. So we're 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 fighting this battle as if it's an organization, and then clearly we're failing. The area that you guys you discussed that picture that you saw. There's no way to block that off, and it it would take they would have to bring in the engineers and redo that whole security of that area, right there. So so it's uh, very frustrating that they're just. Uh, it's uh, uh, well. I'm getting too frustrated. Yeah, no, yeah. It's setting ducks. You get my point. They're setting ducks. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Nathaniel. Appreciate it very much, sir, from North Carolina. Fred, you know, uh, I had the opportunity to go through Officer Candidate School in the Canadian military. One of the things they teach you is yes, you're an officer that you can order people to do things, but if you want to be a smart officer, a smart leader, a smart leader gets the assessment of his people who have perhaps more expertise than the leader does in various, when you're going out on a mission, you say, this is our mission. Now I want to hear from you guys, your sergeants, your corporals. I want to hear from you guys. If you have concerns, cause you need that feedback in order to alter the mission so that you're smarter in what you're doing. And that's why I go back to the commander in chief, president Biden here. Did he sit down and open up the floor and say, speak freely. I want to hear from you to well, give them opportunity to say, for what instance, if, what if you're, you go ahead. For instance, this, we already addressed this, this Kabul airport, and Nathaniel just talked about it. This is a trap. They didn't have proper security in place to make that your last stand. Yeah. According to Nathaniel, it's almost impossible to do so. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. We go to Indiana and. Peach is on the line. I hope I have that correctly. Peach, uh, welcome to this special edition of Today's Issues. What would you like to say? Hi. Yeah, uh, I served in Afghanistan in 2008. I was deployed there, uh, active duty. And I'd like to say um, I think this whole thing was um, pretty much planned out to go this way, I'd have to say, because when I was there, we were trained to – if something happened to us, we were trained to, if we had to abandon our equipment or anything, we were trained to destroy that equipment. Um, so all that equipment that was left behind, uh, that was planned and orchestrated because, you know, there's no way that, you know, if I know what I had to do to if, to prevent my enemy from getting my weapon, what to do to destroy my weapon and Hey, hey Peach! Hey Peach! Did you see the Did you see the video of the Taliban flying our Black Hawk helicopter? Yes. Yep. Yep. It's pretty disturbing. Uh, why did they? Why was there a reason why they left every all the equipment behind? Well, that's what we do not know. You know, okay. um, there's obviously some sort of reason why they did that. Um, but well, they they well, I know that we 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 left the the. Uh, the air base overnight, right? Our troops. That's are, not here. Yeah, that's pretty disturbing, I'd yeah. say. Well, Peach, thanks so much for calling, my friend from Indiana. We thank you for your service. Thank you. We, yes, not, we not only left behind military equipment, Steve, our reporter, was showing me a video that has been taken. 
stacks and stacks pallets of U.S. cash. And I'm talking about six inches high of $100 bills. Where was this? This, the first I've heard this of is Bagram or, or, or in our embassy, either one. But pallets of $100 bills. And I would say there's probably $2,000 in each little stack, and there had to be hundreds of those stacks. Well, Tim Wildman, Ed Vitagliano, Fred Jackson here. Thank you for uh, listening to American Family Radio. We're not having Trivia Friday today, obviously. We uh, will be back next Friday with that. But uh, it's a very sad day for America as our country has lost 13 servicemen uh, who were killed yesterday in the bombings in Afghanistan, and then so many more were wounded. We don't know the total number there. And then the nearly 100 or more Afghans who were trying to wait at the airport to get out were were murdered in that those twin suicide bombings yesterday. Ed? Yeah, we go to Maryland, and Kevin is on the line. Kevin, uh, welcome to uh, today's issues. What would you like to say? Uh, well, thank you for having me. Um, well, uh, I served there under General Petraeus and then again under General Campbell. Um, and uh, there's, there's a huge – well, there's, there's a lot of issues here. First of all, it's all about the propaganda. Uh, first of all, I, I find it highly unlikely that somebody from the Taliban within two days learned how to fly a helicopter. Um, so I think that's probably propaganda. Um, also, I, I also find it highly unlikely that ISIS is already in the country. I think that that's put out by the Pentagon as propaganda because they can't say it's the Taliban that's doing it because they're working with the Taliban. But that's what happens when you work with a two-faced foe. This is what happens. Okay, it's it's the old New York, you know, thing, you know, you're getting over on them where they think they're getting over on you. That's exactly what that is. There is no ISIS. It's Taliban. Taliban's doing it. Taliban sent those those two guys in. And and uh, by the way, those uh, people that uh, go and blow themselves up, their families are given tens of thousands of dollars. Their families are set up for life like that's like that's part of the bargaining like okay so you're going to do this for my family and you're going to take care of them for the next 30 years yes that's what we're going to do go blow yourself up okay fine i will okay so it's not always about allah it's usually always about the money at the end of the day um as regards to president biden yes mr president we have 13 dead and the flag is halfway down the pole i just hope you don't plan on killing another 13 and getting it all the way off the pole okay mm, well so okay um, Kevin, thank you for calling from Maryland. Uh, Kevin said he ser- served in yeah, Afghanistan. Yeah, we do thank folks for for serving. Obviously, he's very frustrated. I wonder about, uh, in terms of, you know, Kevin raised a good point about uh, the Taliban flying helicopters. I'm wondering if members of the Afghan military uh, might have defected to the Taliban because we trained them for, for, for 20 years you know, on how to use, and we gave them equipment to, to well, use to fight against the Taliban should they come up against the Afghan army and the Afghan government. So I wonder if some of those who are trained have, quote-unquote, defected to well, the Taliban. remember where the 9-11 pilots got their training? Well, the United States. The United States. Yeah, but at, 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 yes, we didn't, we didn't know what we were looking 
right. to look out for at that time, right? Uh, because they were training and mm-hmm. by, by flight instructors at private airports and so yes. I mean at airports and yeah. so forth. You're uh, listening uh, to today's issues. If you want to watch us on the internet, Facebook or YouTube is the uh, place to go. Facebook or YouTube, just type in today's issues. Next up. And I do want to let our, our listeners know that if they want to call in, what we're doing here is uh, giving you an opportunity to uh, to just say what's on your mind. If you have served in Afghanistan, if you have family members you have, we're inviting you to call, and we're going to try to get as many in as we can. The number to call is 888-589-8840. That's 888 888- Five eight nine eight eight four zero. We'd like to hear what you have to say. We go to Florida, and Tim is on the line. Tim, welcome to today's issues. What would you like to say? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. I appreciate you having me on the line today. Sure. Uh, first and foremost, I think you should start off with stop dignifying the gentleman that is occupying the White House at this point. Um, I I would just use the word Biden. I wouldn't dignify him as president. Secondly, he, um, I don't understand why the reporters don't push him harder in saying, you're responsible for our servicemen dying yesterday. I heard it on the radio, and it really hit me. I couldn't believe that he's allowed it to get to this point. What he needs to do, which he will not do, is he needs to go blasting back in there, get our equipment, get our citizens, get the rest of the military, and then head on out. And for some reason, he refuses to do that. And bringing up Trump, which Trump set this whole thing up and orchestrated and told the Taliban, if you do not do what I tell you to do, I'm going to blast you into next week. And I don't understand why he is standing by and hiding and not doing anything. All right. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate, appreciate it very much. Appreciate your comments. Uh, there was criticism yesterday, too, because it took uh, Biden. Uh, we've already called him the president. Uh, right. Biden, seven hours. The White House, seven hours to say anything regarding the deaths of our military personnel. They didn't even issue a statement. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're, you're like going, who's in charge at the White House? And I got to tell you, I know I'm not the only one that has this thought, and it's not novel the commander-in-chief is the final decision maker on what our military does and doesn't do right right obviously he listens to counsel you would he does but what if that man has dementia where where what do you do then well Uh, yesterday didn't when when he got up to the podium didn't he didn't he say I was instructed? Am I got yes. the right? This is no. who I'm instructed to call on. He's the president of the United States, and he said somebody's instructed me on who to call on for questions. Yes. Do we do we have that clip? Don't have that clip, but okay. that's the word he used. Yeah. Uh, here's now, what I've been. Here's the names of the people I've been instructed to call upon. Reporters. Yes. Yeah. Now I will say this, uh, I, although I do think the media is obviously very liberal and they're sympathetic to Biden and his uh, his agenda. Uh, he did call on four or five different representatives of the media, and then he did allow a question from Fox News. So right. I don't think he was ducking questions yesterday. And as Biden goes, you know, 
he was a he was a B yesterday yeah. on his on his uh, uh, performance. That was my opinion, but still uh, the way he looked, uh, and when Peter Ducey asked a question, he was almost going down into a fatal position. It yeah, was, he it, ducked it, his head. It was really he, odd, but yeah. I just wonder. Now, I, I don't know if he has clinical dementia or not, but the whole world can watch. He's fading. Uh, over the months, he's fading, and his ability to communicate—that's the reason he doesn't come out and do impromptu press conferences because it would be too confusing. Yeah, uh, and there's no telling what he would say. That's why he has a, a script to follow and a teleprompter to read. At and all presidents have teleprompters. Right. They have speech writers. I'm not saying that, but you see that contrast contrasted with President uh, Trump and even President Obama. Who would do uh, give and take? Yes, and they would answer questions out in the public and so forth. It's just really a, a, a situation where a lot of Americans, I think, are going, "What? Who's in charge? And what about if our top level decision maker is not ha, doesn't have the ability to think clearly?" Well, so I don't I, know. Yeah, I think I think every I think that's why him using the word yesterday. I was, in, you know, here are the reporters I was instructed to. Uh, right. To, to, like, to, I can't do it on my own. Yeah, that that only feeds into the idea that he's not fully in charge. Maybe that's unfair, but it's everything that's come before that that makes that believable. Yeah. So, all right, uh, we go next to North Carolina, and Chris is on the line. Chris? Welcome to today's issues, and what would you like to say? Hello, is this, uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you just fine, Chris. Thank you for calling in. What would you like to say? Uh, yeah, I would say, uh, first off, I would like to, you know, appreciate what you guys are doing, letting, you know, especially veterans get their voice, have their voices heard. But uh, even even more than that, I would say, you know, especially for believers in our nation, like, I think... It's super important that we, you know, reflect and we pray for uh, the situation, but also for the president as well. Like, you know, the Bible's pretty clear about, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say, I don't really agree with the policies of, you know, this administration and stuff like that, um, you know, but at the same time, like, I know I have to pray because, you know, whether we like it or not, God put him there or allowed him to be there. Put, he says he sets up and tears down kings and, uh, we have to be asking ourselves why, you know, God's allowing this to happen. That's the first thing. Um, as a veteran, though, I would say, like, it's it's pretty frustrating watching everything, the way it's going down. I think uh, there was a lack of prudent planning. Like, we, I think we assumed too much of the Afghan army. Um, we've spent a lot of money, a lot of time training them. A lot of people lost their lives training those guys up. And, you know, I think we just kind of emotionally were more attached in just doing the math. Like, okay, these guys have, you know, had a, a history of not really being able to, you know, really hold the ground uh, the way we would like them to, especially against groups like ISIS-K, um, ISIS Khorasan, that's what that stands for. It's the ISIS branch of, of the, uh, the Afghan South Asia branch of what we saw in Syria. And, you know, same mentality, still Afghans, but just different different flavor. Um, and then, you know, looking at the Taliban, um, I would say, like, they they are, you know, likely under a bunch of pressure themselves because, you know, they they have now taken over the government of Afghanistan, and now they have to, you know, be a gut. They have to govern. You know, so it's like, you know, they don't want to work with this. They don't want to be seen as working with Westerners because it's like they don't want to, you know, 
have their image tarnished by, you know, the pure Islamism, but at the same time, like, they still have to be able to, to run the government. So I think it's, it's so many layers to what's going on. It's very confusing. And I, and I, I, I believe that we should be out of there. We spent so much time and blood there that, you know, um, it's very sad that we, as, as long as, we, as, we, as we've been there, but we weren't really there to build that nation. At first, we were there to find right. the perpetrators of 9-11, and they weren't even there most of that time. Like, none of those guys were there. So, you know, yeah. it's kind of like bittersweet. Like, I, I yeah. felt, you know, prudent plan would have been better, but, yeah, yeah, that's just my two cents. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. From North Carolina. I'm 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 happy that we have have had a number of veterans calling in, yeah. and we we do thank all of them for their service. And it's interesting getting do you a have viewpoint the, from them. Do you have the Biden clip yesterday? Listen to what he said. The wishes to get out of Afghanistan. We will find them and we will get them out. Ladies and gentlemen, they gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. Okay instructed to call on i don't want to make too much of this but i mean uh, just the president that that just says to me he's sitting in a room and somebody's telling him okay now i got this list for you right here you got it can, I, you, I, can you read that th- th- that's what you need to do i, I think you know people who are, would defend <laughs> president biden and you know voted for him and support him would say we are just picking on the guy but it's not if this was the only thing right that right. would be different, right? True, but you know, you know, last week it was a shot of the teleprompter where it says, "When he finished his speech, leave now." In big red letters, In big red letters, like okay, you so, got to be told to leave. Yeah, because we don't want you answering questions, right? And and, and it's obviously, it, he, even if he is completely in charge mentally, he is being closely monitored by his handlers, and that does not inspire confidence. I don't think that's fair, to, uh, unfair to say. No, I agree. All right, we're going to take a five-minute break for news. When we get back, we'll go to Mark in Iowa and Kenneth in Texas. And if you served in Afghanistan or a family member uh, who has and you want to call us, 888-589-8840. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.